please like and subscribe. Let's grow NAI basketball. Thank you. Cascade Hoops Talk, bringing the world NAI basketball one podcast at a time. Well, happy Wednesday morning to you. Uh, this is Billy D's Cascade Hoops Talk. It's December 6th. Just a couple games last night we're going to catch you up on. And we also have Chase Teichman. He's the head coach at Florida College Falcons. They've won six in a row. Uh, they were in a little bit of a slide. You remember that. Uh, so we thought we'd get him back on. So we'll have that for you today. First, though, let's talk about who played last night, who's playing tonight. Let's start off with our number one, Grace Lancers. They're going to be going up to Dearborn, and they're going to take on Michigan-Dearborn in a non-conference game tonight. Number two, College of Idaho. They're 6-2. and two. Uh, They're going to uh, stay at home. They're going to play Northwest Nazarene. That's an exhibition game. For those who don't know, that's a crosstown rival. A little background, Northwest Nazarene was in the Cascade Conference at one point. They decided there were greener, greener pastures over on the other side at D2. So every time College of Idaho plays them, uh, everybody in the Northwest roots for College of Idaho. Number four, Oklahoma Wesleyan. They're going to play Tabor tonight. They're going to uh, try to redeem that loss they had against Southwestern. They have to travel to Tabor tonight. Number seven, LSU Shreveport. They're 6-0, and and they will host Loyola tonight. Number nine, Indiana Wesleyan. They played Monday night. They played East-West. They beat them pretty handily in that game. Marcus Ankeny, uh, 15 points, two rebounds. Javen Buchanan just continuing to produce for the Wildcats. He had 15.7 rebounds. The Wildcats go to 7-2, and two, and they're going to play IU East on December 9th. Number 11, Southwestern. Uh, boy, they're hot as a pistol. They're 9-0. and They're going to take on Bethel tonight in a league game. Uh, they're going to host Bethel. Freed Hardman, they were in action tonight. They beat Fisk uh, pretty handily, 93-54. They go to 8-2 and in that game for the Lions. Sam Powell, 14 points, 2 rebounds. Uh, Quan Lacks, 22 points. Uh, so, like I say, Freed Hardman is 8-2. And on December 11th, I think that's next Monday, uh, they're going to go to life. Number 13, Northwestern, back in GPAC action tonight. They're hosting Dakota Wesleyan. Northwestern goes into that game at 7-1 and one after that loss at Hastings. Number 16, Morningside, another GPAC game tonight. They're going to travel up to Jamestown. Uh, never, regardless of records, not an easy place to play. Uh, Morningside is 6-1, and one, and they'll be taking on the Jimmies. Uh, number 23, Columbia. They were in action tonight. They played Mount Mercy. They fell in this game uh, pretty handily. Uh, Mount Mercy kind of handled them the entire game. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is not a good loss for Columbia. Mount Mercy is a team. This is a game they should have won uh, in this game. Uh, Rushmar Hamzik. 28 points, 9 rebounds for Mount Mercy. Ryan Bartley, 28 points, 9 rebounds. Look at Mount Marty shooting at 57% from the field and even higher from three. 
they dropped 15 threes on Columbia as shooting at 58%. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Uh, so the Columbia, Columbia goes to 7-3, and three, and they'll, on Thursday, they're going to play Central Christian College of the Bible. So Columbia needs to regroup very quickly. Okay, so that's it for the games. Also announced uh, yesterday, the NA National Player of the Year week, what year? The NAI National Player of the Week, Jacoby Hendricks out of IU Southeast. Look at some of the things he did. He, he scored 45 points over uh, Brescia. Uh, he was only one shy of tying the Grenadier single-game record. For the two games in the week, he averaged 37 points, almost nine rebounds, shot 52% from the floor. Congratulations to Jacoby Hendricks, the NAI National Player of the Week. We were able to get a hold of uh, Chase Teichman. Uh, they're 10-3. and three. They just won six. I'm going to shut up and let's listen to Coach Teichman. Cascade Hoopstock, Billy D. have uh, Coach Chase Teichman here. He's a head men's basketball coach at Florida College. Thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Earlier in the season, uh, it looked like the Falcons were in some trouble. You dropped three tough games straight. But you have just roared back. What have you won now? A six in a row now. Talk about where the team is right now. Yeah, uh, it's no secret. Win winning helps a lot of things. So we're doing really <laughs> well. Uh, we're happy. We're um, we're proud as a staff of, of where we are. We're excited. Um, I, you know, they go hand in hand. Like, are we happy because we're winning, or are we winning because we're we're buying in and, and we're playing together and we're doing all those right things? You know. Um, it's kind of the chicken and the egg argument, you know. I, I think it goes both ways. Yeah. Um, I am I am looking forward to seeing you know how we respond the next time we have some serious adversity. Um, but uh, no, we had some we had some really good things come out of, of that three game losing streak that at the time I wasn't sure uh, were going to happen. But because uh, so many new guys and and um, you know not knowing how they were going to gel and buy in, but. The response has been great, uh, and that's not just a results-driven statement. I mean, really, like our process since then has been really good. So uh, feeling really good, but that can all change really quick, as we know, and um, got, got some really tough games coming up. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But at this moment right now, feeling feeling pretty good. Uh, you know, Tyshawn Judge, uh, he's been playing really well for you the last few games. He really came on, uh, I think, starting the Loyola game. Uh, he was down a little bit prior to that. Was he nicked up a little bit, or was his production just down for a few games? He, um, he. So we, uh, we had a little, you know, meeting after um, after the Warner game. I didn't play him in the second half uh, against Warner, oh, and uh, we won that game. And uh, we met and we talked about some things that uh, we thought needed to change. And to his credit, he has been um, unbelievable teammate and player since that meeting. Um, and uh, we wouldn't be where we are without him. So he's he's played phenomenal, like you said. Um, really, really talented player. Um, can get to the rim uh, pretty much at will. Uh, tr tremendous finisher uh, with both hands and from awkward angles off, off different feet. And uh, he's been shooting the ball well, and he's been guarding. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're um, you know, he's definitely our, our most gifted scorer. And I'm really proud of, of the growth he's shown thus far and hope he, you know, continues to keep it going and, you know, he could be a, uh, All-American candidate and, and definitely a player of the year candidate in our conference. Well, Coach, with his scoring and then uh, Jashavius Purdue on the boards in that same period, uh, double digits, rebounds every night, uh, 
What makes him such a good rebounder, Purdue? JP is, um, he's honestly one of my favorite players I've ever coached. And, and I've told a lot of people that, so forgive me if I've told you that, or if I've <laughs> even said it on your podcast before, but um, he is an unbelievable teammate. He's got a crazy high motor. Um, he has a super high basketball IQ. Uh, he's a gifted athlete. You know, he's not a freak athlete, but he's a, he's a really good athlete um, who knows his game and knows what he's good at, knows what he, what our team needs from him. And uh, he protects the rim tremendously. He rebounds the ball, like you said, on both ends. Uh, he can switch out on the guards. Uh, he knows, you know, what he can do offensively. So, you know, we're actually undefeated in games he's played this year. Um, he didn't play in all three of those losses we had. And okay. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be lobbying pretty hard for him to get defensive player of the year in our conference. And, um, you know, he's a guy that's been here three years and he's, this is his last ride. And, um, we, I mean, we are just so lucky to have him and, and glad he got back healthy uh, because, like you said, he's made a tremendous impact for our team. You know, Coach, so one, one, other, one other thing I wanted to ask you about on the team's performance, the one thing that, or a couple of things you're doing really well, uh, you're, you know, you're rebounding, you've got a six and a half uh, rebound uh, positive variance, but you're, uh, you're really sharing the ball well. You have almost 18 assists per game and you're defending, especially the perimeter. Talk about what you're doing that uh, makes those things happen. Uh, I think with the rebounding, it's um, it's really just about force of missed shots. You know, the more more missed shots, the more opportunities for rebounds. So for us, it's about keeping the other teams, uh, you know, our defensive field goal percentage, you know, their field goal percentage down, uh, which is going to give us more opportunities to get those defensive rebounds. Uh, I do think we're offensive rebounding pretty well. You know, that's a that's an area we talk about a good amount. Um, you know, I don't think we have quite the horses that we've had offensively the last couple of years, um, you know, especially from the perimeter. Um, and so for us, I think the second shot is just a little bit more valuable this year, yeah. maybe than in years past. Uh, so we've, we've talked about that and then um, sharing the ball wise, you know, that's just kind of something that we've always, that's always who we've, that's always who we've been. Um, that's who we want to be. And, and lately, especially, I, I feel like I've seen that this team sort of, instead of just being told that's who we are, they've kind of, figured it out and embraced it oh wow yeah this is who we are and, and we're starting to look like a florida college basketball team offensively that's that's sharing the ball making the next pass um and it's different this year because you know even with tyshawn averaging 17 you know we really don't have um a guy like you know like we had matt simpson who's always in 20 plus and and a first team all-american multiple time and uh we don't have that guy you know we're gonna have the, the five guys out there at the end of the game that are playing the best and it, it might be two starters it might be all five it might be one um, but, uh, you know, they've really embraced that. And then I don't think we were during that, that losing streak earlier in the year. And so, um, again, it's, it's been great to see, and I hope it continues and, um, just proud of these guys for, you know, they came from all different places and, um, you know, eight new guys on one team is, is a lot. And, um, you know, we certainly haven't figured it out, but it's trending in the right direction. And I'm, I'm happy for us. So as you alluded to, you've got a tough stretch coming up. You've got Thomas, and then you're going to go over to the furnace and play St. Francis uh, out of, out of uh, the crossroads in Cumberland. What is it going to take for the Falcons to keep this momentum? What do you need to do? We're going to have to play, you know, awesome uh, these <laughs> next couple games. Uh, Eastern Oregon, you know, as well after that, before Christmas. Um, we, uh, you know, Thomas, um, undefeated at home, if, if I'm not mistaken, Um you know, I've never played up there before. I know a lot of my friends in the Sun um, that have been have been up there a lot the last couple of years have told me it's a really hard place to play, and, and I have no doubt it is. So that's you know going to be a really ch uh, challenging game. 
uh, and, and with them wanting to get revenge from, from our first game of the year. Um, and then, uh, you know, St. Francis uh, saw them come down here a couple of years ago uh, and play Southeastern and, and somebody else. Uh, we didn't get to play them, but uh, at the time they were actually number one in the country. So I know, I know what they're capable of and they're already having a good season this year. Haven't watched a lot of them on film. Um, you know, Cumberland, Tennessee, very talented team the next day. And then Eastern Oregon, um, you know, I, I feel like our schedule has been really, really hard this year and challenging. Um, and I think Eastern Oregon's schedule makes ours look like a cupcake schedule. <laughs> I mean, I, I look at their schedule and they have played almost every night. They're playing a top 25, top 30, if not top 10 team. Um, it's unbelievable. I was, I texted Chris the other day and I'm like, Hey man, if you just wake up one morning and decide like, we're going to play the hardest schedule in the country. <laughs> um, so, so that's, that's our next four before Christmas. Um, and, and we could go and four very easily if we don't, um, keep doing the things that have got us in the position that we're in. Going back to Eastern Oregon. I talked to coach Kemp the other night. Uh, they were down in Southern Oregon. They played Southern Oregon and Oregon tech. I watched them play. They're they're a good team, and uh, they're they've got athletes. As you said, though, the the schedule has just been brutal. Uh, they're they're uh, far far better than their schedule, uh, and uh, they'll probably get. And I'll tell you, going to Legrand like you're going, that is a tough place to play. Boy, they have some good fans over there, and they like to get loud. It's a big gym. Uh, you'll enjoy that that uh, that facility. You probably won't enjoy the fans there. <laughs> But you'll enjoy so no, them. Well, th this year, this year they're. Oh, that's come right. To us. They're coming down to you, aren't they? We we are going back there next year, though. And I've never been to Oregon, and I'm looking forward to that. It is going to be December, so we'll see what the weather's like. But uh, uh, you know, I've talked to some friends that have that have played up there, and uh, one of my coaches actually worked at EOU, and so I know that when that time comes next year, that is going to be <laughs> an absolute challenge for sure. <laughs> and, and I don't and I don't know how how much you know, our home core will matter because our students will be gone then. So it'll probably be a pretty quiet gym um, December 21st when they come to town. Yeah, they like to give you a greeting over there in LeGrand. It's a, they have spirited fans and the students are very, very active and they're right on top of the court. So uh, anyway, I love that. Yeah, I love it's always fun. We love playing. Mm -hmm. You play in the, the independent, the continental, you know, what is it like to try to get games? You're bunching a you have a bunch of them here at the start of the season. Talk about kind of some of the struggles you might have with that. Yeah, it's. Um, I do feel like I've kind of figured it out a little bit. Um, you know, our first year in the uh, Continental, um, we weren't, you know, great the year before, so it wasn't as hard to get games. You know, we do have the geography factor that doesn't help a lot of, about being landlocked in Florida, but, um, you know, we do have the Sun Conference down here. We had just left the Southern States Conference, so I knew a lot of those teams and could play a lot of those teams. And then you sprinkled in some CAC games. But that first year, I didn't do a good enough job of, of getting enough nationally, I guess, recognized teams. Um, and so our strength of schedule and RPI suffered. Um, last year, um, you know, built a really tough schedule, you know, went a lot of places far away, um, went to Kansas, went to Arkansas, and went to the Battle of the Beach. Um, and, you know, we handled it well. And, and that, to me, that's the reason why we, we finished eighth in RPI last year and got a two seed in the national tournament. And, uh, you know, reap the rewards of it um and then this year tried to do a similar thing you know the only difference this year with our schedule really was that the sun conference lost the team you know thomas going southern states it, it changed their conference from nine to eight teams which changed the way that they did their schedule they moved all their games to second semester they moved from thursday saturday to wednesday saturday and they used to have it to where every team in that league had a bye week in the second semester and now they gave it made it to where every team has the same bye week so i used to play kind of every team on their bye in the sun uh, in the second yeah. semester 
and now I'm just there's one by and so I'm playing Warner this year on January 30th um but uh other than that you know Southern States is in conference play the Sun is in conference play like I said on Wednesdays and Saturdays they don't want to they don't want to play a non-con game on a Monday you know that's not really in their best interest so um I really had to play CAC classics you know far away go and play two or three games in a row um or play maybe non-NAIs that aren't you know aren't in their conference schedule so our second semester, only 11 games, more spread out, um, you know, probably a little lighter on the strength of schedule side. First semester, 17 games, um, in my opinion, very, very difficult schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we played uh, we played 11 games between October 26th and November 21st, the last Battle of the Beach game wow. uh, against Loyola. And, and I looked at the standings and I looked at the stats. On, some teams have played one or two games, and I'm like, we played eleven <laughs> games, um, but it's all going to even out at some point. You know, yeah. we're going to have we're going to have a, a big you know kind of gap after Christmas, and and then like I said, more like five, six, seven day gaps uh, in January, February instead of uh, instead of one, zero, or two day gaps. So that's the way we had to do it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm figuring it out a little bit, um, but uh, it's definitely a challenge. But you know, every job, every conference has its challenges, and that's just one of them. You know, one other question about your region. When you go over and play at Southeastern there in the Furnace, that's not very far from you. Do you get fans who travel with you? Yeah, last year we played them twice. Um, got, got a great crowd at home. Um, and then we, we played them there, and, and our student body made, I guess they just made it kind of like a mission or kind of circled that game. Um, and we had a ton of fans um, at that game last year. It was in January. Um, and actually after we beat them that night, they like really got it rolling and won like 11 out of their next 12 or something. But that was a tremendous small college basketball game, great environment on both sides. And then, you know, we, last year we were lucky enough to host the national tournament opening round and, um, Southeastern was gracious enough to let us use their facility since ours didn't meet all the qualifications. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, Drew Watson, the AD there was super helpful and, um, we, our fans showed out for both of the games, um, over in Lakeland, about a 40 minute drive from us. And, uh, that was, that was awesome. And just another, I mean, we keep saying just amazing, small, small college, you know, atmosphere, um, that these games down here in, in, in Florida and even up in Oregon and everywhere, it seems like, you know, you see in Indiana, I know Grace packs it out every night and, um, it just seems like there's a million different awesome gyms and awesome crowds and awesome traditions, you know, John Brown with the toilet paper toss, yeah. and, you know, I, I, I see all that stuff and I love it. Yeah. The, you know, the, the G-Pack has great fan support. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, I'm from the West Coast. You go to College Idaho, it's packed. Uh, Oregon Tech has been mm -hmm. packed every night. Uh, I went over to Warner Pacific for a couple of games when they played some Montana teams. Even they were packed up. I'm going to go down to Corbin Bushnell game this weekend and cover it. I expect a big – they're only about an hour apart. I expect to, uh, a ton of fans at that game. It seems to me, Coach, that the fans are really coming back. You know, they dwindled down with the covid it, I, I've noticed that the fans are there's a lot more fans at games this season yeah it's great to see too you know it's almost like they missed it but it, you know that COVID year it's just so strange everybody playing those empty gyms quiet gyms uh wearing masks it's like you, you almost it was just long enough where you kind of got used to it and it's 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 great that it's, <laughs> that it's gone and I, I kind of forgot about it now until we're sitting here talking about it well coach I wish you luck as you move forward uh we'll be watching your progress I know you're you're scratching and clawing, working to get back in that top 25. Uh, and I wish you luck as you move forward here. Thanks so much, Billy. Appreciate the spotlight you put on our program being thousands of miles away and, and the attention you show and, and cover, you know, everybody across the whole country. It's, it's a, 
it's great for the sport and for the level, and I really appreciate it. I know other coaches do as well. Well, I, thank you. That uh, that means a lot, uh, Coach Teichman. I really appreciate it. That's Coach Chase Teichman. He's a head men's basketball coach, Florida College. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Billy. See you, bud. Hey, thank you very much to Coach Teichman, also to Florida College. Uh, like I say, they're on a six-game winning streak. We'll see what they can do. I really appreciate uh, everybody listening, and to, we'll be back tomorrow. And tomorrow, mark your calendars. We're going to have Brendan Rudy. He's the head men's basketball coach at Menlo, the Oaks. Uh, we haven't had him on for a while, so I'm, uh, I'm anxious to get him on the show tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure you go out and support your local NAI team because did you know this? NAI basketball is the best entertainment value in America. Thank you very much for supporting our podcast. Please like and subscribe. Get out to your local NAI school because NAI basketball is the best entertainment value in America.